I am pleased to be joined by Raya Klima. Raya, as you hopefully know, was our State Career Association Vice President and recently was elected as the first ever President of the National Career Association. That was very exciting and we're going to talk about that a little bit later. Um, but first, welcome Raya. Hi, thank you for having me. Well, it is, as I said, a pleasure. I wanted to visit with you about how you came into JAG-K, but going back even a little bit earlier than that, some of the, well, your story, like some of the the challenges you had early in in life, and just, just tell us a little bit about your family. Uh, obviously, you're in Concordia now, but just tell yep. us the Raya Klima story, abridged version. Okay, I'll, I'll be as abridged as possible. I have always had a lot of medical issues. I mean, I've had roughly 25 plus surgeries throughout my entire life. I'm only 18 years old. But a lot of that really happened when I was in middle school. So when I was in fifth grade, I had MRSA, which is a type of staph infection. And I got that in my skull, which that caused a lot of issues with missing school. And I still cut up with my grades because you know when it's middle school it's not as big of a deal you don't really have that much to be missing and I also got hearing aids when I was in fifth grade that was another really big adjustment that I still progressively am adjusting to as my hearing changes because they'll never make my hearing perfect but they do help me and it's really just about my comfort that's what I was told the last time I went and then when I was in sixth grade I was diagnosed with trigeminal neuralgia which is I call it a chronic pain condition. It's a neurological condition that causes extreme pain to the face, ears, and neck area. Basically, blood vessels wrap around your cranial nerves, and then every time your blood pressure rises or you know just general activity makes those blood vessels tighten around the nerves and then sends pain because even though nothing was really hitting me or touching my face, I was still feeling it because something was touching the nerve. And in seventh grade, so sixth grade, the summer before seventh grade, I had my first brain surgery for trigeminal neuralgia on one side. And then I got into seventh grade. I joined JAG at that time because in sixth grade, I found out about it. And I was like, oh, this just sounds fun. I don't really know like what it's all about, but maybe it'll be good for me. It was very good for me. And then in seventh grade, I found out that I had trigeminal neuralgia on my opposite side, which resulted in me needing another brain surgery. And that was kind of where JAG really became a important part of my life because it kind of helped me stay caught up in school. It made sure that I was doing my best to succeed. And that was just really where it all started. Got it. So seventh grade, Jordan Champlin was your career specialist because she had seventh through 12th grade. And uh, you mentioned helping you keep up with your classes. What were, so that was probably the first noticeable thing that JAG-K offered. What were some of the other things, even as early as middle school, that that you saw JAG-K helping you with, or maybe some skills that were developed at that time? I mean, a lot of it, we didn't get to do as many like heavy learning type things as the high school did, but we still got to do like 
the smaller abridged versions of the lessons and we still like learned how I made my first resume when I was in seventh grade and at that time I had no experience but I did a lot got to do a lot of volunteer work which was something that I found out I really liked and I also just kind of got to spend seventh and eighth grade getting to know myself more because we got to do a lot of projects about like future careers or like we have this one project I still have mine laying around somewhere in my room where we had to design an album cover and then like list songs that were relevant to our life and then like explain why they were relevant to our life. That was probably my favorite project that I've ever done. And I think I actually have it with my other records because I took a record and I painted it and then I painted the cover and stuff. And JAG was just a good outlet for me, both for creativity and for learning about things that you just don't get from other classes. Have you always been pretty confident and outgoing? Uh, no, <laughs> not at all. It That was another thing that JAG really kind of just handed to me. I mean, seventh and eighth grade, I missed a lot of school on and off because of my like various medical problems. And I was still pretty quiet. But then I kind of got into that high school age and I was finally kind of over all of my medical stuff. And I was just able to kind of like blossom in a sense. And I got to like learn how to talk to people. And it was just a really good experience because I gained so much more than what I was giving at the time, which motivated me to learn how to give back more in the JAG program, just because I felt like it had given me a lot more than I was giving it. And I wanted to change that. Do you remember your first career development conference? My seventh and eighth grade year, there were like the middle school level career development conferences. Seventh grade, I didn't compete any because it was still Mrs. Champlin's first year. So we didn't really get into that. And we didn't like have the time per se. It was just one of those things where it's a lot of preparation and we didn't really know how to go about it yet. Well, then when I was in eighth grade, I competed for the very first time. I competed in project-based learning, which I have not competed in since, but Kate and Kern and I got together and created a project about like a project-based learning presentation about our food drive that we did. And we didn't place, we didn't get like a medal because you only get top three got medals at that time. And we got fourth. And then I kind of realized like, oh, that was really fun. I got to meet a lot of cool people. And I like, I also credit JAG for really giving me those first like positive experiences with high schoolers because like at my school, we're all in the same area, so like seventh and eighth grade and then like ninth or 12, but you don't really interact. So getting to interact with JAG kids at the high school level really kind of impacted me in a positive way. And I was like, oh, like, look at this person doing everything that they're doing. Maybe I can do something like that. And then the following year, I started competing in public speaking and I didn't go back. That was my main thing that I chose to compete in because it was just something that really spoke to me. And I always got really good topics that I really felt were something that I had a lot to say about. Right. Were you involved in other activities before JAG K? Not really. I mean, I have done dance on and off, but that was more of a like middle school thing. And then I danced my junior year and I'm also in National Honor Society. But my main focus activity wise was JAG. I mean, I've also done a little bit of stuff with like Fellowship of Christian Athletes and Friends of Rachel. But JAG was the one that was definitely solid that I stayed with every single year. When you got into high school, you had more opportunities. Well, you may have been able to run for office in middle school, but 
when did you first run for office and how active was your career association at the local level at Concordia? So it really just depended on the year. Some years we were really active, like my freshman year, I can't remember. I believe I was vice president my freshman year. It's been so long and with COVID and everything, it's been kind of thrown off and I can't remember as well. But my freshman year, I held a position and in seventh and eighth grade, we had like class chairs, which is like you would get to go to LDC, like two of the class chairs would go to LDC, but it wasn't really anything like you had to run for it and you had to do a lot. It was just kind of so that the junior high kids had a voice when it came to the high school side of things. But I held a local office um, position, I believe, yeah, every year except for this past year, just because I was focusing on my state abilities. And one of my good friends wanted to run for president. And I was like, you know what? We always compete against each other and everything. So I'm going to step down this year because I've already got enough on my plate. I still helped out as much as I could my senior year with the career association. But ours, it really does just depend on the year. We usually are the people that get together to plan like the I and I, and we also get together to plan volunteer work. And sometimes we plan a big end of the year party for the seniors. We didn't really do as big of one this year, but that was okay. Just generally speaking, what do you think the value of the career association is for JAG K and for students in JAG K? That's a good one. I feel like there's a lot of values that go into it, such as, leadership and teamwork and I feel like there's also a little bit of like representation in it because you get to vote for the people that are representing you at these different levels and that can be really important because you want to make sure that your voice is heard and you want to make sure that everything that everyone wants to be said can be said by someone that you know like that you can trust. And Concordia is a little bit different probably than some of our really large schools, but is are, are there students in the JAG-K Career Association at Concordia that aren't part of other groups within the school, maybe student yeah. council or something like that? Yeah, so I have only ever had leadership positions in JAG. I've never done student council. In fact, I don't think we have any student council members in JAG. We do have a lot of kids that play like sports and some do like the other clubs that I mentioned earlier, like Friends of Rachel and Fellowship of Christian Athletes. But a lot of people that are in JAG are in JAG just because they like JAG and they might not go with other clubs as much. But we always encourage people to do whatever they feel would be fun. Sure. And so it may be it may be the exclusive group or club allowing them leadership opportunities or maybe community service, those types of things. Yep. That's your experience with the local career association. You then ran for state career association office and obviously elected there. Um, and then the big the the big election this year, mm-hmm. um, but it was in May of, of 2022 in Dallas, Texas, the first ever national career development conference, the first ever election for officers for the National Career Association. There were students from across the country 
and there was quite a process involved in even getting on the ballot per se. Can you tell us a little bit about that process? And um, let me let me even go back before Dallas. Bev Mortimer, our senior vice president of programming, was superintendent of Concordia Schools at one time. And so obviously very familiar with Concordia and with you. And this was all new, the NCA and the NCDC. And and Bev, excuse me, approached me about having a follow-up student run for this office. And then specifically, she mentioned that she thought you might have an interest in it. And I said, well, I'd really kind of like to have a currently enrolled student do this because they're, they'll still be in the JAG-K program and, you know, we can keep in touch with them. And, and so you and I actually had a conversation yep. at the State Career Development Conference. And do you, do you remember that conversation? Do you remember kind of what I said at that time? I do. That was, that was exactly what you told me is that you wanted it to be probably a more so enrolled student currently and you were leaning against me doing it, but I'm very glad that you ended up changing your mind. So, well, and, and so clearly other conversations happened after that and uh, Bev and I continued to visit and we had some conversations with JAG National and got more information on what the NCA president would do. And at that time, like we didn't, we didn't really know the process. Um, later, we found out that you don't just run for president. Yeah, like there's, it was there's a, lot. a process. So why don't you take it from there? And then once we said, yes, we think Raya um, should do this, what... Um, you take the story from there. What happened? Tell us about the process and, and all. So it's funny as we are sitting here, I actually have all of my stuff like in my desk drawer. I have like a copy of my application. There was an application that I had to fill out and I keep forgetting when people ask me about it, that I had to write an essay. I like completely forget to mention that, but I had to write an essay. I also had to completely modify my resume to be more focused on just my JAG experiences which was difficult because I've had quite a few jobs and I had to decide which ones were relevant versus irrelevant to the situation. And it was also just a lot of paperwork, like filling out the application, answering questions. And then when I got there, I had to, like when I got to Dallas, I had to take a written test. Still wish that I knew my score on that. I don't, I don't know how much of a difference it really made this year since it was the first year but we had to take a written test, all the candidates did. And then we also all had to do an interview with four people. They were known as the nominating committee. And you, like I chose to run for president, but if they decided that I would be a better fit for a different position, they could have said, oh, well, we think you should run for secretary or parliamentarian. I just happened to get lucky and get placed in the position that I requested. I don't know if I would say that was luck. I think the uh, nominating committee did a great job of, of reviewing the candidates. And obviously, this is an important pick. All of the officer positions were important because it's the first ever and you want to start off strong. And um, we were really excited. It was 11 o'clock when they were going to post it. So what were your thoughts? So they were going to post the 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 nominees for the different positions. So what what were your thoughts 
when you were going to see the paper and then what happened after that what what did you need to do after after you found out honestly i was nervous waiting for the paper to be posted even though i knew that there weren't that many people the hardest part about it was since everyone was traveling the day that we like did the interviews and took the tests I didn't get to meet everyone that was potentially running against me. So I had no idea going into it really how many people would be there until I saw the paper the next morning, which all of us that ran for any given position were given the opportunity to run for something. And I was just so nervous because I was like, well, what if they decide that they would rather have me as something other than president? Like, what if I did really bad in my interview? Which that was really just my irrational thoughts coming out because I had felt confident in my interview and I really just got to answer questions about myself it wasn't like a job interview where you had to answer questions about the company necessarily they really just wanted to know about my position in jag and how i feel compassionate for the program and once the list was posted i don't know if it was really excitement or relief or both i think it was kind of a mix of both i had found out that i was going to be able to run for president and then it was pretty much immediately here's what you're doing next you need to be at this place by this time. And so I went and talked to the voting delegates, which was, I believe there only ended up being around 20 or so of them, which made me even more nervous because I was expecting it to be like a large group. And then I was like, oh, if it's a small group, then there's a really, could be a really, really close call between me and the other person. So the first thing that we did was we went and met with them and we kind of just had like, time to mingle with them answer their questions and it was just good to get that interaction because then they felt comfortable coming up to me outside of the delegate meeting and just you know being friendly and asking me questions outside of it which that was another really good thing about all of us being in the same hotel that's my favorite part about any jag event is just meeting the people and it was just really like nerve-wracking at first but then i slowly eased more into it like people were talking to me and i felt like it was going to be okay because people were being social. Like I always get really nervous when people don't talk to me because I am a very talkative person. So if someone's not talking to me and they're just like staring at me, I'm like, okay, I must've done something wrong because they won't come speak to me. But after all of that, we hadn't been voted for yet. The following day, we were given two minutes to give a campaign speech, except they kind of threw a curveball at us. I prepared a speech wrote it out on note cards. And then I got up to the podium and they told me that I had four minutes instead of two minutes. And so I had to kind of ad lib some of my speech, which I don't normally do, but it ended up working out in my favor. And then we sat there and watched them vote. We weren't allowed to vote, obviously, but we got to sit there and watch them get on their phones and vote. And it was just a very suspenseful moment. And then even then we still didn't find out until the following day who had won and which positions we were given. So let's I want to I want to talk about when they announce the winners. But after the vote, our one of our voting delegates was in there and that was Devin Russell Unger who was our state career association president. He was there and what did what did he do or what did he say after the vote to you? He really, it really surprised me. I wasn't expecting him to say anything to me just because I didn't want him to like, I don't know. I, I wouldn't say feed my ego because I didn't have an ego to begin with. I was terrified. 
but he just kind of came over to me and he was like, Hey, you know, I think that you did really good. And I encouraged the people around me to think logically and vote for who they thought was going to do the best. And it really was just kind of, it was really good that we had someone from Kansas there that knew me because it was a lot better to be validated by someone that I knew that had seen me speak before because he easily could have come over to me and been like, Hey, you were so nervous up there. Like I could tell, but he didn't say that. He told me that I sounded confident and he really just gave me the confidence boost that I needed to feel secure in how I did in the campaign, which was just really nice. And I think you alluded to this. Devin would have told you if he didn't think you had done a good yeah, job. He, he definitely would have told me if I sounded nervous or if I had like fibbed up too much. And I so, appreciate that about him. I do. Right. But that's that's also, I think, a good piece of advice for everyone. Like, be be honest, kind, but honest when you're when you're critiquing a friend. Um, you want to be supportive, but maybe the best way to support them is to help them see where they can even get better. So um, anyway, um, I know that that must have given you confidence when when Devin was was saying the kind words. And I think he even talked to some of the other delegates. Uh, you mentioned that he did, but I but I think he pointed out, you know, why. I think he may have been doing some campaigning on the side. I, yeah, I agree with that. I think um, he really did. But it was a totally fair and legitimate election. I would like to yes. point that out as well. Yes, this is true. And every state that was there had voting delegates. So it was, um, like I said, it was a fair election. Some of the students couldn't be there. Like our second voting delegate couldn't be there because she was uh, practicing to be an MC, which was also a really cool experience. And we'll, we'll yes. talk to her at some other point on, on Coffee with Chuck. But anyway, so you get through the vote and then we still have a, another day to, to kind of get through before we hear the uh, the announcement. So what were you thinking at that time? How did you get through the next day? And then when we get to that moment, what was it like when they made the announcement? You know, I am just really thankful that we like went out on the town that day because going to the Dallas World Aquarium really helped take my mind off of it. I was able to be like, oh, look at all the pretty fish rather than like panicking about how I did during my campaign. And so we sat and we did all these fun things. And then I finally got back to the hotel and I was like, okay, I can think about it a little bit now. And I was so nervous for this award ceremony that my group got back before Six Flags, the Six Flags group got back. So I went and I changed my clothes and I did my makeup. And then I like went and ate and all of my stuff because I was so nervous that I would be too busy panicking to get ready on time, which I'm really glad that I did that because then I just had time to kind of calm myself down before the event, but man, the waiting once the event actually started was insane because that was the last thing that they announced and just sitting there and I was like sitting on my hands, like trying not to fidget a whole bunch, but I was just so nervous and everyone from Kansas was doing so good in the events that once I started announcing the awards, I kind of like let it slip from my mind that I was nervous about this. I was like, we're doing really good. Like, I'm so proud of us. And then it got to the moment where they started announcing the officers and they announced the people and you know i was proud of all of them and then i was like okay now it's my turn and then i just kind of sat there and i was like holding on to my chair i was so nervous and then she like 
Janelle DeRay, the vice president of JAG, she made everyone get real quiet. And then she didn't say anything for a couple minutes. And I was like, oh, this is just making it so much harder on me. And then before she even said my name, she said Kansas. And that, like, I shot up out of my chair. Everyone just shot up. I mean, Caden Kern, who was from my school, was staying next to me. He picked me up. I mean, it was just a very big, like, I don't think I've ever had a big celebration like that, like a moment like that in my life. I It was amazing. <laughs> well, and then they ended the event and, you know, people took pictures, but then you and the rest of the officers, you went off to a special meeting. So tell us about that. So we kind of got whisked away. It was kind of like almost like secret service Like we went through the hallway and like avoided all the people and we went to a meeting and we just kind of all got to have a moment where we were like, wow, we just did that. Now, what do we do? And so we got to talk a little bit about what some of our duties would be. And then we kind of planned when our like first official meeting would be, which was actually just last Thursday, we got on a Zoom and kind of discussed how things are going to go, the uniform stuff that we need. And it was honestly just crazy because it was really just kind of a little meeting on after the event. It was just kind of a meeting where we got to congratulate each other, kind of got to know each other a little bit, and then just kind of got to sit there and soak it all in. And we also got professional headshots taken. And who all was involved in that meeting? Um, Ken Smith, the president of JAG National, Janelle DeRay, Carrie Webb, and then Tammy Jones, who is in charge of us officers. She is like our supervisor per se. That's the word that I use. She calls us, she calls herself our agent. She always says that if someone wants us to speak is something that we need to tell them to speak with our agent, but she couldn't be there in person. She like FaceTimed Carrie and then we all sat there and talked and then the photographer was there. I did not catch his name. He didn't really introduce himself. He just kind of took our pictures and stuff. And we just really got to know each other. And then the other officers were there too, obviously. Sure. I think one thing that was kind of cool is um, the young woman that was also a candidate for president. She she talked to you and gave you something after. after yes, you. she did. So she had bought, so they had pins for sale that like some of them said NCA officer, some of them just said the NCA, which one, everyone got one of the NCA pins, but they also had pins for every office position. And she bought the president pin and then gave it to me when I won. So that was very sweet of her. And I really appreciated that gesture. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. And I think uh, illustrative of the spirit of JAG and the NCA that, that really everyone was, or it generally seemed like everyone was supporting the others, whether they were from Kansas or another state. And that's really one of the values of an event like this and this organization is it really truly does feel like a family, whether it's JAG-K or JAG. What else do you think is going to happen over this next year? We will have some type of team training together, us officers. And I also get to go back to the National Student Leadership Academy, which I've already been to twice, but I still feel like there is so much more. Each and each time that I go, there's always something else that I can see. And I also just like the idea that I'll get to be there with the students and I'll get to be the person that kind of speaks to the students. From my understanding, I will actually be one of the MCs for National Student Leadership Academy, which means a lot to me because I've always wanted to be the person that was up there talking to students about JAG because I've just gained so many incredible things from it that 
I want to be the person that's sharing that. And then obviously I get to go to the National Career Development Conference next year. And that is where I will be voted out of my position. Someone else will, well, technically no one will be running for president because the president elect will be moving up to president. So Kira, I'm sure she will do an amazing job. And then they will be voting for a new president elect, a new secretary and a new parliamentarian. And I get to help lead that meeting with the voting delegates and help them introduce the candidates and things like that. And then I am also able to do state visits as needed. So if Kansas wanted me to speak at something or Missouri or Iowa wanted me to speak somewhere, they would be able to have me come speak. I'm hoping we'll get a discounted rate uh, when you talk to Jack Kay. Absolutely. I guess we'll, we'll have to talk to your agent about that. So, well, we're almost, we're almost out of time, but I know one of the, well, probably the first phone call, if not the first, one of the first phone calls after you had been announced as president of the NCA was with your former specialist, career specialist, Jordan Champlin. And I know she was watching back in Kansas. Can you tell me, you don't have to give me details on the phone call, but just generally speaking, um, tell me about the importance of the career specialist and how that person really makes JAG-K what it is. So as someone who recently had to transition specialists over the last year, it was really hard because I had had the same person in my life for five years. And now suddenly in my senior year, where I had all of these big roles and things like that going on, both at the state level and locally, I was really scared that things were going to be different. But I think that that's the best part about JAG is sometimes you have to learn to adapt to changes. And I still ended up getting along great with my specialist and my former specialist, Jordan Champlin. She still stayed in the school. So she was still there to help out JAG kids when they needed it or help out the new teacher when she needed something, whether it be helping us prep for our competitions and things like that. I mean, it, it's just a really good bond to build because then even once they are no longer your specialist, you still have that. Specialists really make or break it. Like some kids don't always bond with people and they don't always have, you know, the best group of people to be around at home. So then they come to school and they have someone like Jordan Champlin or Leslie Jessup that they can just kind of cling to as like a life support, not in a necessarily bad way, because clingy can be seen as a bad thing. But I truly think that what specialists do is just give students a safe place in the school and outside of school, because they're always willing to be on speed dial for you and they're always willing to help. And finally, what would you tell a prospective JAG-K student about why they should join JAG-K? And what would you tell students currently in JAG-K how to maximize their experience? Honestly, for kids that are wanting to join JAG-K, it may seem like it is a lot and that it is going to be something that you may not fully know what is going on until you're in the class. But taking that risk and joining it is so worth it because then you could be in my position where you are in the program for so many years that it just becomes like another home. And 
I can confidently say that I don't think I've ever learned the same thing twice. I have learned so much over the last six years and it's skills that everyone deserves to know. It's not just like, you know, you learn math, you learn English, you learn all of those things, but like in JAG, you get to learn things that you will need immediately after high school. Like in my JAG, we have learned how to rent an apartment or like how buying a house works, how buying a car, like all of the things that you typically would end up asking your parents about later in life, just because like, I am so much more prepared than some people that I know, because I was in JAG. I've got several friends that graduated this year and last year that are like, well, I don't even know how to do this. And like, do you know how to do this? And then I'm like, yeah, I can help you. I learned that in JAG. And then I just, I really use that as my encouraging factor. You will learn so many things that are relevant to your life, regardless of if you think it's relevant in the moment, you'll need it later. I keep all of my worksheets. I keep everything from JAG just because it is so helpful. And I just learned so much. And then for the students that are in JAG, put your best foot forward. And, you know, when it comes to CDC, it might seem scary. Like, oh, I don't know if I can compete against all of these people. Once you do that first competition, it's addictive. You get to go meet people, you get to compete, and whether you win or lose, it is a fantastic experience. I truly believe that competing in the events that are at CDC has shaped so much of who I am just because I have been given opportunities to speak to people and to learn how to control my pitch, to learn how to control anything about speaking to someone both conversationally and publicly. It just, it makes a world of a difference regardless of what event you decide to compete in. I mean, employability is really good because it pretty much guarantees you that you know how to do a job interview, you know how to make a resume and you know how to fill out a job application. Just take everything that JAG gives you and run with it. Don't ever like, don't forget something or don't say, oh, well, I don't really think I'm going to need this. Always just take the information and soak it up because you might not need it now, but you will need it in the future. Raya Klima, the president of the National Career Association, thank you for your time. Congratulations again. And we look forward to keeping in touch with you, not only over the next year, but in the years to come as one of our most celebrated JAG-K alumni. Thank you very much.